Welcome to this Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast for Amazon sellers. It's Kirsty and Isaac here. This podcast was developed by and for Amazon sellers to give you the latest strategies that are working right now to grow your Amazon business, as well as how to plan for your future growth and lifestyle. You'll also hear from real active Amazon sellers who have turned their businesses around to grow and scale their businesses profitably. And you'll learn how they did it with real practical tips that you can implement in your business today. Yeah, right. So in this episode, we're actually facing quite a lot of uncertainty right now because we're recording this on March 18th, 2020, so 2020. And we're actually right in the crux of the coronavirus or COVID-19 pandemic. So depending on when you're actually listening to this, you could be obviously right in the middle of it. Or if you're listening to this later, then maybe you can see if we were Nostradamus or not, right? (laughs) Or maybe we're too worried about everything, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. But right now, the news, obviously, you know, we're reporting that the markets are crashing. I think it's the lowest since anyone can remember, probably. At least 2015 or 2016, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, countries are locking down. So, for instance, um, I was actually enjoying myself. I was on holiday with one of our coaches, Amanda, in Mexico. And um, I had to kind of race back to Canada because the, uh, they were about to lock down the borders there. And I think literally today, they're locking even down with the U.S. Yep. U.S.-Canada so, yeah. border is locked down now. Yeah, exactly. So, it's pretty, you know, I mean, it's it, we've never seen anything like this in our lifetimes, right? Now, Obviously, we've got social distancing. So, of course, when I got back as well, I've got to be in quarantine for 14 days to make sure that, you know, I'm, if I have got the virus, that I'm not going to infect anyone. So, therefore, I'm in quarantine. And then, you know, the the key thing is, like, people are not working, not going to work anymore. They're working from home and all that stuff, right? So, it's it's the, the, the times are in a lot of flux. Um, so, it seems like there's going to be a lot to be worried about. Uh, so, of course, we're not going to take this lightly. What the world is facing, we need to respect what needs to be done to contain the virus, even though I'm literally climbing the walls. I've only been (laughs) inside for two days. But, you know, as the saying goes, necessity is the mother of all invention. And therefore, as our name suggests, we wanted to take a real balanced view. You know, there's a lot of people out there saying, oh, you know, you you should do this because of the coronavirus and, you know, trying to get you to buy stuff because of the coronavirus. But really what we're trying to do here is just assess the positives but also the potential concerns, how we should deal with them in a pragmatic way. And of course, out of anything, creates good opportunity as well. So it's just really understanding in this episode what the key concerns are, what are the positives. And then we've also got some top nine tips to help you be proactive within this period, I suppose, because we don't actually know how long it's going to last, do we, Isaac? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, there actually are some positives that come out of it. And anytime there's a crisis, you see the good in people, you see the bad in in, in, in human nature as well. But uh, I, I do want to take some time to kind of open this up with some positivity because there is a lot of fear and anxiety about a lot of what's going on right now. But, um, you know, the very first thing I start, we started seeing, and and this was actually, I was, I was actually in a bar when this happened and <laughs> NBA decided to shut down and right live on air, Mark Cuban, who's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, uh, billionaire owner of the, the Dallas Mavericks was talking and they're like, after tonight, the NBA is going to be canceled their, you know, the, the rest of their season. And Mark Cuban was like, oh man, that's really bad. And the first thing he thought about was what's going to happen to the arena workers who are working on, you know, part-time jobs uh, and, and depend on that salary every few days 
or, you know, that, that, that money every few days to, you know, make ends meet. And so he immediately started discussing on air about, you know, how are we going to help these people in this affected crisis? So that way we can actually take care of them. Crazy thing is, is that private companies were actually talking about this well before the government was actually talking about this. And then obviously, you know, in, in, in countries like Italy, they suspended mortgages and rents and utilities to help people out in this crisis. And they're talking about doing some of that kind of stuff here in the United States as well. But it's, it's crazy that the, the, the private companies had to act faster to shut things down, to help their own employees than even the government was willing to do that. So it's crazy that, you know, obviously in a capitalist environment where money could be their only concern, there's been a lot of companies that have stepped up. Now, obviously, some might be doing this for public favor, so that way they can have, you know, the good side of people when things go back to normal, but they don't have to do it, right? So it, it, a lot of the things that are within our laws in the United States specifically are saying, you know, they don't have to do this. Uh, you know, this could be handled by the government, but it's really just being ignored by the government right now, at least kicked further down the road. So that's kind of positive. So a lot of companies are really stepping up and helping their employees out right now, trying to find ways for them to work from home, uh, you know, create, you know, like a fund or at least pay them for a few, few more weeks while this is going on. And then a lot of other people are helping each other as well. You see a lot of causes being set up. You know, people are like, you know, hey, you know, even stores, and I forgot about this one, um, stores are now saying like the elderly can come in and shop for the first one or two hours in a day, which is pretty cool um, to allow them to be able to get the, the needs, uh, the supplies they need. Whereas before, was, you know, I was panic buying this get out of my way, old lady. I've got a, sh a shopping cart full of water and toilet paper. I'm going home with all this stuff. It's like, all right. It's, humans don't want to admit that they can be good people because in situations where you see that kind of stuff and people fighting over toilet paper, that's the kind of, that's like the rare instances where you see the worst in humanity. But in reality, you were seeing a lot more positivity and coming together. You know, people are even doing, you know, free online education to help people at home. They're doing free, you know, yeah, like you are even doing yoga classes with your with a yoga instructor. I don't know if that's free, but there's been a lot of ones out there that are doing yeah. it for free. So yeah, yeah, it's um, it was free to kind of try it out, but it's a lot less than obviously going to the studio. And I was always I was doing that anyway, but I was just going like yeah. once a week, and then I'd go to the gym. But like you said earlier, you know, there's only so much body weight push ups you can do. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I've got really tight hips, so I've I've been thinking I need to do more yoga. So it's kind of like a cool time to to do this do the stuff that you've been putting off doing because you haven't had the time to do it. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously, you know, when you're staying at home, you have to keep your family safe, but that actually means that you're spending time together to engage in creative ways. You know, a lot of those, you know, time tested traditions of like learning how to sew, learning how to cook, learning how to actually do manual labor chores. Those things can kind of be brought back. Like, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are doing board games that they've had, you know, stowed away in a closet somewhere for the last 10, 15 years because video games took over their lives or screen time or iPads took over their lives. But you can only do so much of that too, especially with no new programming in a lot of ways. Um, sports are pretty much canceled. All live events are canceled. So you really get some of those like, you know, um, you know, the pre-programmed or the pre-recorded programs out there that are available but right now, it's most of the stuff is talking about anything that's live is like the people are in isolation talking about how they're dealing with coronavirus, like we're doing on this podcast right now. So you don't see a lot of like human interaction unless you're actually, you know, you know, really paying attention. But the idea here is that you have humans around you within your family, within your household that you can actually pay more attention to now. And it's really cool to see that kind of stuff 
you know, maybe the divorce rate's going to go up. I don't know. Maybe the birth rate's going to go up soon. <laughs> I don't really know how this is all going to go down, how long it's going to you know, last or whatever. But at least for the time being, people can now spend time with the, the people that are most important to them, whether they want to or not. But in reality, that's usually a good thing for a familial unit to kind of get re-familiarized with each other. So that's, yeah. that's the three main positives I've seen so far. Yeah, one thing, just quickly, one thing we're doing as well is we have set up, we've got all the old games that you can play two on two. So like Connect Four, Jenga. There's another one where you put, I can't remember the the name of it, oh, Operation, that type of thing. You know, all the old, like you said, all the old ball games. And we've set them up in stations and then we kind of have a a duel off, right? So like, and and then it's like a circuit for board games and they're quick, (laughs) (laughs) they're quick ones to do. I'll tell you what, that can go on for, hours but you're actually really engaged and it's quite fun and the other thing i've got the kids doing is they're teaching me their tiktok dances which is actually pretty hard because <laughs> you have to do it really quick so that's quite funny so they're having a lot of fun trying to teach us how to how to do their stuff so i do think it's another opportunity to get into if you've got kids to kind of get more into their world and play a lot more as you said isaac right rather than being separated in the house and being in each you know four of you being in different rooms <laughs> at yeah. the same time yeah, we were supposed to go see my brother and his family with my my nieces and nephew. And uh, instead, now my wife is doing TikTok videos with, well, she's going to be doing TikTok videos with one of my nieces. And I'm like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. I <laughs> That's <it>. brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I learned. <laughs> I don't think that's probably the, the, the best version of that, but we'll give it to you. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, so it, the rene- it's a renegade song and it kind of goes, renegade, renegade, renegade. And then, ha, ha, ooh, type thing. Yeah. So anybody listening to that, I'm sure you know, you're know you going to know exactly what I mean. Anybody watching it will know very much what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever seen TikTok, I guess, or heard the song, I don't know anything yeah, about exactly, it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so that's cool stuff with the, with the family. And then... From a business perspective, obviously, we're talking about Amazon specifically here. But one thing we have noticed is that sales are going off right now at the moment in, mo- in most categories. Luckily, I'm in home fitness. So one of my specific products is really go- is, is getting a resurgence because it's something that you can actually use in the house and you can or in the yard or whatever to be able to keep yourself fit. So as we said, you know, even in non-emergency niches, things are starting to get some momentum mainly I suppose because people are at home they're bored they're preparing for quarantine it's like okay well I can't go to the shop so what else can I buy online which is why it's not specifically just for the necessities right and also what we found is obviously Amazon is one of the easiest ways for people to shop and get deliveries and of course you don't really need to interact with with many people because UPS or whoever's delivering the products can actually just leave it on your doorstep so remember people products do not spread the virus it's people animals etc but not products right so um you can still get deliveries that's that's like totally fine and just ask them to leave it outside if you're worried about that kind of stuff spray with a bunch of disinfectant if you're truly worried yeah exactly <laughs> instead of mace <laughs> got yeah. disinfectant. get some lysol <laughs> yeah <laughs> obviously um but amazon is still going to be out of stuff like you know toilet paper i still don't understand why loads of people went out and bought toilet paper Maybe it was on a survival list somewhere. I don't know, but I didn't think I was going to like poop more because I was like, you know, locked down. But anyway, paper towels again as well. Um, also hand sanitizer. We know that that's had a 
a big thing and, and masks, et cetera. So those kind of things are probably, they're still probably going to be out. But I do know that um, specifically China, for instance, because they're kind of back on board right now, you know, they are manufacturing. My supplier actually asked me if I wanted, wanted some masks. So I'm actually getting some, some sent to my parents, et cetera. So you, that's another good thing. If you're an Amazon seller right now, you might even want to just check in with your suppliers and say, hey, can you help us out with some of this stuff? Because chances are they might be able to send you some stuff. And, you know, obviously the local stores are, are getting out of this stuff as well. So Amazon is a great place to shop right now. Now, of course, and again, we'll come on to this in a bit later. You know, you don't want to kind of think that this is like Christmas for the rest of the year, but it is a, a nice kind of opportunity and positive thing that's coming out for us that do have e-commerce and are using Amazon as our main source of, of uh, driving business. Yeah, and obviously there's going to be a lot of categories that are actually going to see spikes in sales and some some won't. I mean, the category that I sell most of my products in is not seeing any sort of spike because it doesn't really have to do with whether you're home or not. Um, but we've seen stuff like fitness, uh, the industry of fitness, sports and outdoors. Even though you're not supposed to go outdoors, you can do all that kind of stuff inside. Uh, games, so board games, video games, pretty much anything like that. Cleaning products for sure, art supplies, electronics and other media, organizing stuff, planners, learning and education product and stuff that will basically be, if you're stuck in the house, you're probably going to be cleaning more, you're going to be you know, organizing stuff more, you're going to be finding ways to entertain yourself more. So these things are really ramping up right now. Now that again, that's not going to last forever. But you're going to see this for the next probably three, four, five weeks, if not maybe a couple months here. And that's really going to be beneficial for those categories because in, uh, you know, for example, like right now, Las Vegas, nothing is open but grocery stores, uh, pharmacies, dispensaries for some reason. Apparently that is a a necessity Um, and very few other things, restaurants, but you have only takeout or delivery. So there's a lot of things here that are really closed down. And there's really nothing to do. So yeah, you need to find activities at home. And those are the things that are going to be kind of spiking in sales on Amazon. And trust me, I've looked on Amazon every day just to see if toilet paper is available. Well, I don't need it right now or not, but it's <laughs> it's gone every single day. And then it'll say like 12 available. You click on it. By the time you get to the checkout, it's already gone. So these are the things that like, you know, you're going to see a lot of this stuff just selling out and selling out. Uh, I have a feeling probably in about a week or two, people are going to be a lot less worried about toilet paper because they'll probably have enough stock for a while. Um, but beyond that, they're still going to need things to keep them busy. And that's, uh, that's the real goldmine for Amazon private label sellers right now is anybody who's in those kinds of areas are going to really see spike sales for that, that, you know, the next couple months for sure. Uh, just a quick tip around that. Like if you're, if, if you're in any of those categories or just think a little bit outside the box around, if, is there any information stuff that you can do if you've got social media followings or your audience or your list? You know, just think of ways that you can actually practically help them in this time. And what that does is it just kind of, you know, breeds that connection with your customer. Also, you've got more time at home, so you can probably create more of this stuff because you're not, you don't have to do all the other stuff. So yeah, you know, you don't have to be specifically in those categories, but you can also think about how can I help my audience and the people that are um, following me, you know, basically keep themselves busy in this time, giving them practical tips. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously there's going to be, some, it's not all positive news and it's not going to be all doom and gloom either, but there's going to be some concerns about this virus going with Amazon, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's not all rosy. So, you know, people are going to start probably to slow spending because we know that a lot of, obviously most of the businesses are, are shut down. So obviously people are at home, but some of them aren't going to get paid. Now, 
as you said earlier, Isaac, you know, I think there's probably going to be a lot more kind of relief, if you like, um, to, to help people. But people are going to be concerned that they're not going to have that cash coming in every every week. And it's probably, even if they do get helped out, it's probably going to be less than what they were actually used to. So that is going to limit some spending. Um, now, I we have seen when this has happened before. Obviously, this is not this is different. It's a it's a total, it's a pandemic. But the crisis of two thousand and eight, um, when I used to work back in uh, when I used to have a proper job, you know, in my marketing days, we did a big piece of research around that. And actually, spending still on small items still continued because people still felt like they wanted to reward themselves in some way. So it might not totally slow, but you have to think about, yeah, it's probably going to slow down at some point. If you are seeing a spike in your Amazon sales right now, like we said earlier, don't believe this is going to be Christmas until Christmas. Just enjoy it while you can, but then start thinking about, okay, this is going to slow down at some point. So whatever extra cash you make right now, think about putting that aside to, to maybe smooth out the curve, right? So smooth out that kind of like spike and, um, you know, keep that for maybe when the, when the time when you will see a slump. Yeah, and I just wanted um, to add that I think that something like 40% of Americans have like less than $400 in their savings and checking accounts. So like if this happens to occur without relief for a long period of time, yeah, you're not going to see a whole lot of spending for a bigger percent. I mean, if, if we cut 40% of spending on Amazon, that would be a drastic change in the market for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, obviously the necessities are going to become more important, right? So those are the things that people are going to spend on. They might get some treats here and there, but you can't expect that this thing's going to continue if you're seeing that spike. People will shop online more, but it won't be as diverse. So as we said, you know, it's probably going to be specific basic needs, health, you know, toilet paper, but, you know, food, obviously groceries, et cetera. Um, also, we've seen that Amazon has addressed this this week, um, only yesterday. So they've actually limited shipments from other products coming through, other categories other than health, um, groceries. I think that was it, wasn't it? Like kind of like health and... Yeah, medical health. supplies, some other stuff like that. But yeah, it's pretty much the high demand products that right now... Is, and if you've looked at brand analytics lately, it's pretty much like all the top, you know, uh, search items right now are toilet paper. And you know, if you're in the UK, it's like loo roll or toilet roll or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's like hand sanitizer, masks, toilet paper, uh, paper towels, pretty much all that stuff. Now, yeah. obviously that's what they're going to be trying to get into, you know, sell faster because there's higher demand for it right now. Yeah. So they're prioritizing those things, which, you know, as a human, that's a great thing to do because that's exactly what's needed. But I suppose also on the flip side, as an Amazon seller, we're like, well, can we get our stock in, right? So that's another key thing that we need to be concerned about and also manage effectively. Because we know, having co coaching people, sometimes that's kind of an area of the business where uh, we're so focused on driving sales that sometimes we, we kind of forget that stock management part. So we've got kind of a perfect storm going on. We've got, obviously, restrictions from Amazon bringing your stock in. But then we've also had China shut down because of, of the virus itself as well. So it will put a stress on supply chain. So make sure that you're proactive on your stock management. And, you know, we'll go through some tips in a moment on how to actually to do that proactively as well. Yeah, and basically, I think we can kind of jump into that right now. So basically, we want to say, you know, what are our top nine tips for you guys on how to be proactive in the business during this time? And I think, you know, we have to stop before we get into this and just say, you know, priority number one, of course, has to be take care of yourself and your family. There's no business that's more important than that. Obviously, you do need money to live. You can't really ignore that. 
but you have to make sure that your health and your family's health is the first thing uh, that you take care of. So once you get all that squared away and you're certain that you're going to be okay, you know, obviously self, self-isolation, social distancing, all that kind of stuff. If you're all good and can proceed with your business, then here's the kind of tips that we're talking about, you know, so that way you can stay on track or even grow your business during this time. And it's not in a manipulative way or, you know, you're not going out and, you know, you know, converting people on something that, you know, you're hyper buying because they're scared. You're not using people's fear. You're just trying to, you know, stay up with what the demand is essentially. And that's what we want you guys to be aware of. So I know the first thing I've heard from a lot of people over the last couple of weeks is essentially, you know, everyone wants to immediately jump in and say, you need to source from outside of China. And the, the maybe two months ago that you probably could have done that and, and made some ground, you know, you know some um, legwork to get, you know, another supplier outside of China. And a lot of people will say, go to India, um, you know, uh, Pakistan or Vietnam or one of those other places. But in reality, the, the types of goods that you get from these countries and even like the U.S. or Germany or U.K., they're not quite the same either quality or the, the, the supply chain is not so, uh, you know, easy to connect to itself. So like if you want a freight forwarder, it's hard to find a freight forwarder. If you want the packaging to be sent to the factory different than what they have, it's going to be, you know, another uh, major issue as well. But the other thing is, is that China's actually right now on the downswing. They're actually recovering faster than they're in being infected. They're taking massive steps to actually, you know, flatten the curve, as they say, uh, to basically overcome this uh, infection. And so in reality, China is actually probably the best case scenario right now for most people to actually source from. Still, people will say go to India. Well, India is right now just getting the first couple hundred cases I've seen. And that's probably, uh, you know, they've actually kind of started to find some treatments for it right now, like between Japan, India, Cuba, and some other places that are working pretty well. However, as everybody knows, India is not exactly one of the richest countries in the world when it comes to some of their poverty stricken areas. That's probably going to run rampant through some of those areas. And they're going to probably be in quarantine and lockdown probably in the next, you know, four to six weeks or so as well. And that's going to be a massive issue for supply chain there. So I don't think that you're going to need to, you know, run out and source from other places than China. However, I will say, it's probably a good idea to start thinking about secondary factories. Uh, maybe even look at Taiwan, South Korea as well, because they will actually be, uh, you know, coming back to work shortly. Uh, Taiwan has actually done a really good job at, like, you know, obviously they're a smaller island, at really containing the virus as well. You can get some pretty good backup factories from those countries um, at decent cost and good quality as well. So you might be able to find a, a secondary solution either within China or Taiwan or South Korea to kind of really boost your ability if your Chinese factory is not able to keep up with demand, that you can have a secondary factory and find ways to, you know, get those things made, uh, you know, simultaneously if you have to, to really get that stock sent over to Amazon. That's obviously allowing, uh, if Amazon's allowing you to actually send the the, the, the goods over. So uh, one thing we have seen with that, just uh, out of, out of uh, kind of side note, if you're pretty much out of stock or if you're selling fast enough, you will be able to send your products in. Um, Amazon doesn't just restrict it to like medical supplies. They do have, you know, kind of like fast moving product, um, uh, I guess, uh, criteria that they will allow you to create new shipments for as well. So that's one thing I would say is it's not necessary that you have to move out of China with your sourcing. It's just try to find backup ways if you can, wherever that may be from. And, um, you know, obviously, hopefully that whatever country you're going to source the products from, that isn't going to lock down and really mess up the supply chain there as well. 
Yeah. And, you know, like you said, I think, you know, China has faced a lot of these things in isolation before, right? Obviously not like this, but, you know, there was SARS, there's bird flu. So they know what to do in this situation, right? Whereas I think that's why it's taken everyone by storm in, the, in you know, globally, because we just really haven't seen anything like this since 1918. So, and then of course it wasn't, you know, it was, it was um, quite devastating. It was like 500 million people affected, but you know, that, and that was with no kind of air travel going on, right? It's just that, you know, the West, the rest of us were kind of like, oh, now it's hit. Whereas China managed to, like you say, contain it and lock it down um, and Taiwan in particular. So, you know, they're probably best place right now, like you said. So they're used to dealing with this stuff. So don't think it's it's kind of like, oh, it's 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 all happening in China. You know, they they were pretty good at, at containing it. And um, at least they'll be there to actually produce stock, which is great. So yeah, as we said earlier, you know, manage your stock carefully. As we said, you've probably seen a spike right now. Either sales is going to slow down. So just be aware of that. Don't expect it to carry on forever. Or your surging sales is going to have an effect on your stock um, as well. So just think about out of the box solutions. So a couple might be, you know, you can switch to an FBM listing, which is fulfilled by merchant. It's a very easy thing to do. You can basically just do it within in your FBA listing. What that means is you don't even need to have stock on hand at home to be able to send to people. You can actually just put a date further out as when you know the stock's going to come in. I would suggest right now, end of April, but just keep keep an eye on it. You might not get a lot of sales, but I know when I've done it before and high selling items, I still get pretty good sales coming through. And then all you do is fulfill through a fulfillment order. So that's the kind of thing that you can do when your stock comes in. You can also manufacture your stock and put that into a 3PL warehouse, but just make sure that you, you know, check the, the cost of that. You can also test price elasticity as well. Basically what that means is you can test your price going up because guess what? A lot of people are probably going out of stock. So you can actually start to put the price up and see how much money you can actually make more, right? Make more margin. We call it profit maxing. So you don't want to slow right down your um, the actual uh, rate of sale because, of course, we don't want you to lose ranking and things like that. But at the end of the day, if you can slow it down enough, keep you on page one, but also make some extra cash, that's also a good thing to do as well. Yeah, obviously, Amazon has come out and said you can't price gouge your products, which we obviously never encourage anyone. No. <laughs> growing in a couple of dollars here or there to kind of slow your sales down is is what we're talking about. We're not saying like, oh, go from $20 to $75 and try to like absolutely screw every consumer out there or anything like that. No. Um, I do want to pick up one thing because you mentioned a third-party warehouse and you called it a 3PL warehouse. So maybe people aren't quite familiar with that term. Can you kind of explain how that process might work for people who don't quite understand how that that can be done? Yeah. So usually what, what we um, normally encourage is that you have an Amazon FBA business, which is fulfilled by Amazon. Basically, what that means is, is that Amazon have their own warehouses. You send your product direct into Amazon. So um, a third party or 3PL private label warehouse is essentially what you can do is you'll take your stock rather than send it direct to Amazon. You can use a warehouse. I suppose it would be like like an integration between Amazon stock or, uh, orders and their their uh, fulfillment center or whatever. Yeah, there's there's that as well. But sometimes, usually, some of the warehouses are connected across country, right? So you, they may uh, have like, yeah. um, you know, one in Seattle, one in like a network of a network. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, been inside too long, clearly. But yeah, like a network. Um, but ideally, what you want is some is a, a warehouse that has a connection to Amazon orders. 
Um, there's also different um, apps that you can use to be able to connect the two in. And the only difference is, is what you're going to do is you're going to create a shipment plan yourself. You're going to basically order the products through your supplier and you're going to get them to send it to this third-party warehouse. And then when the order comes in from Amazon, it will the stock will get shipped directly from the third-party warehouse, not from Amazon's warehouse yeah. itself. So it won't be Amazon Prime. It won't be, you know, as fast delivery, but it's usually within two to four days that people get it anyway. So it's not much slower than Amazon Prime. Yeah, exactly. Now, usually the costs are very comparative to Amazon warehouses. Uh, Depending on how much stock you've got, it might be a little bit more, could be a little bit less. So another thing you can think about is, well, if this, you know, if this works out, the only other time we'd, we'd say that you should do this unless the costs are dramatically different and you don't have any impact on sales is probably around Christmas time when, again, it's a tight thing when you're trying to get the stock in in time and Amazon can potentially be overrun, right? So it's yep. a good test to see if um, if that works out for you, and you can create some networks, and you can under, you can test these um, warehouses out right now as well. So don't feel like because I know yesterday a lot of people that we know or we work with they felt like it was a big blow, but actually you can create an opportunity around it and understand how these things work and actually get your stock in, and it won't slow anything down from a production perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So as far as you get in stock and everything, uh, one thing you really have to understand, and this is basically uh, the top tip number three is manage your cash flow right now for existing products that you sell more than, uh, than basically uh, launching new products for the most part, because if you're trying to launch new products, this is not a very good time to understand what the market and the, you know, demand is and the viability is. And there's going to be people out there probably selling, you know, four, five, six, even up to 10 times as much. So launching products right now is going to be a lot more difficult to really do because the sales are really spiking for a lot of things. So manage your cash flow for existing products, focus on the stock there, you know, p- probably put off your launches for a couple more months. And then, uh, you know, obviously if you need to get more stock, like you said, Kirsty, you can either even, you know, send it to third party facilities in the, in like the, the country that you're selling in, or you can even hold some of it at your factory in China for now. So that way you can have, say you order 4,000 units, you can hold 2,000 units in China, send 2,000 units to FBA or whatever. And then that way you'll have it ready. As soon as it's ready to go, you can ship it again. Now, you again can probably do this. If you really manage your stock, you can do, you know, one, you know, 15 days, afterwards, because you're going to have to ship by sea, right? So sometimes the sea shipping is 30 to 45 days. It might be 50 to 60 days now because of other delays. So you can ship, you know, 2000 or 3000 at once and then send the other thousand like 25 days later. So that way you kind of have it already coming in because you know, it's going to sell. And if you can start to really manage your cash flow to do that with your stock, and then obviously understand, you know, the kind of the, the uh, increments of what you're going to sell, that's going to be really good for you versus a lot of other people who are just going to go up and down spikes in sales, right? You'd be like, Oh, I've got, I've got in stock. I'm spiking sales. Then I've ran out of stock. I'm completely out and I don't have sales for three weeks. And then I'm back in stock and I spike. And then, you know, it's like a giant roller coaster. So if you can manage to keep up with your demand and kind of roll out these, you know, I always call it like, um, I don't remember if you guys remember when you were in school, you did like the, well, maybe not you because you, I don't know if you guys know the song, row, row, row your boat. I, I don't know yeah. if you've seen that in school, but uh, we'd always do like row, row, row your boat. And then like one half of the school or one half of the class would start singing it. And then like one line later, the other, another part of the class and then another line. It's kind of like that. It's like row, row, row your boat first. Then the other one comes in and it's like just layers of this. And if you can get your shipping to be just like that. So like 
15 days, 15 days, 15 days, 15 days, you'll start to see that you'll be able to stay in stock and your cash flow will be much healthier than just going 5,000 units, ship them all at one time, watch them all deplete, and then try the whole thing again in 36, 30 to 60 days. So that's really what you want to focus on is understanding how you can use what, what current cash flow you have to just grow during this period with what you have, as opposed to trying to launch more products or go into new marketplaces necessarily right now. Yeah. And also just to add to that as well, the other thing that you might want to consider is taking a small, say you've got that 2000 units, but taking a small part of that, maybe a thousand units and actually expediting air freight, depending yep. on obviously what the product is so that you can get that in really, really quickly. So it's the kind of things that we do when we're in a kind of a key period like Christmas, right? And you're starting to run out of stock. It's applying those, that type of um, thinking to, to this, what, a, you know, this, this issue that we've got right now. So um, usually the cost of air freight in a small quantity in is better than completely running out of stock, right? Yep. So you've just got to weigh those costs up as well. Um, also, if your sales haven't gone up in this period of manic buying, so like Isaac, you're, you're not seeing a massive spike right now, just stay the course, launch the products as you planned for the year, and just be conscious that you might have to delay that due to supply chain issues. But again, you can use some of the techniques that Isaac just outlined there as well to make sure that you stay on track. The key point is don't let this thing derail your plan of what you were going to do in the first place, yep. you know, keep calm, carry on as well. You know, I'm starting to say now, um, you know, stay safe and sell on, right. Just <laughs> think about, <laughs> just, I should put that on a t-shirt. Um, you're like the queen now, is that what you're saying? Exactly. Come on, queen of Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just, just think about, well, okay, well, what's, you know, common sense. We know it's not that common, but just <laughs> think to yourself, how am I going to stay on track? Don't let it derail you and um, just keep focused on the plan. Yeah. And obviously the one thing you have to do, and this would be like the tip number five. So I was number four. Tip number five would be work with your suppliers and freight forwarders to try to find the best solutions as challenges arise. Because essentially you're going to have issues. You're going to have delays in shipping. You're going to have delays in manufacturing. Um, you might not be able to get materials necessarily. So you really have to work with your suppliers. Um, hopefully you've got a good relationship, with them right, uh, good relationship with them right now. But the idea here is that don't panic, don't stress, and don't like just yell at them and get all upset because they can't follow through. These are obviously tough times for everybody. They're going to work with you the best they can. And if you, if, if you find creative solutions, you know, maybe you don't need that packaging. Maybe you don't need those inserts anymore. Maybe you can do without uh, a certain type of box and maybe you can do with a different box. You know, this is a good time to get creative with a lot of the solutions and really figure out if you're basically, you know, um, being as, 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 productive and, and uh, as lean as you really can be in this time. And that's really going to help you kind of find ways to get creative about working with your suppliers. And, uh, you know, especially if you've ever gone to China and, and talked with your suppliers, it's really good to see what they're doing. So right now would be a really good time to ask them what challenges they have to see if you can also help them by, you know, changing some things that you do with your business as well. Yeah. And then we kind of touched on this earlier, but, you know, use that time at home productively. How often do we get to actually spend time, number one, with the family? So reconnect if there's anything there that you want to, you know, reconnect on, um, get part of your family's world. But then also from a business perspective, I'm sure a lot of you are probably managing a full-time job or a part-time job along with school runs, along with um, all that other life stuff that you have to deal with. Well, a lot of that has gone away now, right? So actually start to set up some 
coping mechanisms and actually keep those going when this thing is over. So number one, think about how do I get maybe online shopping myself, online groceries, right? If you get that set up, you can keep doing that even when you go back to work or end up doing what you need to be doing. Yep. You know, take some of that time that you've got to um, actually get, get onto that training that you've always said that you were going to do. That course that you bought maybe, you know, two years ago, mind you, it's probably out of date now, but <laughs> maybe some training that you've bought, some webinars that you wanted to watch, just get on and do that training. Or even think about, you know, you need to do more training seek out a solution and think about actually doing that because you're going to have the time to do it. Also read books, you know, read those books that you've been putting off as well. Um, get into those routines that you've been putting off because life's got in the way. So number one, be produ- productive around your life and your learning. And then also in your business, I'm sure a lot of you've got kids kind of running around. So just make it clear. Maybe, you know, you're at home with your spouse or your partner or whatever. Um, Take it in, in shifts, keep, keep the kids occupied, make sure that you've got dedicated time in your calendar. And I think we've talked about this before in a previous podcast around, you know, being productive anyway, but just make sure that you diarize that stuff in, have great communication with, with whoever you're in the household with. And if you're lucky enough to be on your own, then you've got a lot of time to be able to crack through all that stuff you've been putting off in your business, right in the business plan understanding your cash flow, understanding your numbers, all that stuff that we want to know, but we've kind of put off, then you can start to really work on on that as well and make sure that you actually diarize that in as well. Yeah, that's a, a funny thing to, for a newlywed to say is if you're lucky enough to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> I meant time-wise. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and obviously, yeah, if you can block out time and be productive, that's great. Um, you know, there's, there's a couple other things that we would probably say that you, you can, you can do in this time as well is, you know, if you've, if you've been thinking about something that you want to try out that you just haven't had the time to really commit to figuring out some solutions, you know, we always say find out of the box solutions, get creative, you know, when you can, if there's an idea that you've had and, and you think it's a good idea to grow your business and now is probably not a bad time to install it because, you know, if, if your business is not growing during this time or if it is, uh, but you might have a different way to, you know, kind of grow it in, in a better way or a healthier way, more efficient way. Definitely look at how you can actually install these into your business because, you know, obviously this is tip number seven now. If you can find these creative new out-of-the-box solutions, they're going to work for you not just today, not tomorrow, but probably forever in your business. And if you have the time to commit to sit down and actually get it done while, you know, you have this this extra free time, then this is a perfect time. And that's it's a really good way to be able to, you know, pragmatically grow your business without worrying about, you know, all the other things that could happen. It's like, hey, this is something I think is a good idea. I'm going to go ahead and push this through and see what happens. Yeah. And then tip number eight, uh, we've mentioned this a little bit, but make sure that your business is as lean as possible because we talked about cash flow earlier. So is there anything that you can stop spending on right now that you actually don't need. So again, another productive task to do is to go through all the subscriptions that you've probably like got going on in your business, even in also in your own bank account, your personal bank account. What do you need? What don't you need? And get rid of a lot of that stuff. And then if you've created some cash, as we said earlier, through spikes, then make sure that you plan ahead and start stockpiling some of that cash as well to smooth out kind of like the up and down periods. We always say you should do this at Christmas time as well. So anytime you have a surge, 
don't just think, well, hey, here's my bonus for the, for the year. Um, I'm going to go out and splash out. You know, maybe start thinking about, well, how do I actually pop that into my bank account? This is the rainy day, guys, right? So you, you want to be able to have that cash flow going through and just think about what else can you cut in your expenses to create profit and cash flow in the business. Yeah, and that's obviously something we've been we've been pretty much trying to implement with our members and, and our businesses as well, based on Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. You know, in his book, he says something like, you should have three months of, of money basically saved up in your business, where if you had no income coming in, you have enough money to basically run your business without any issues with three months. And that's really, you know, that's a, con- uh, I would say that's pretty an, an alien concept for most people because they're like, how the hell would you have that much money saved up to be able to run a business without any income coming in? Yeah. Well, for exact reasons, just like this. And, you know, if you have that ability to be able to do that, or if you have been planning for that this whole time, these types of crises don't really have as big of an impact on your business. Now, obviously you don't want to have a business that doesn't have income coming in, but that's the idea is be prepared for the worst case scenario. Just like you said, the rainy day fund, right? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a really good plan to have as well. And, um, and obviously if you're new to Amazon, but you're thinking about getting started, this is probably not the best time to jump in. You may want to wait 30 to 90 days to get started. And the reason why is because there's going to be a lot of competitors out there right now with increased sales, the research and demand, uh, you know, the, the research for the demand of the products is going to be very skewed. So, you know, you might come in here thinking like, oh, Amazon's a great place to sell toilet paper. So I'm going to start my own private label toilet paper company. And then when things go back to normal, you're getting crushed by all the you know other sellers that are out there and you can't really get the page one. And it was just a, a really good spike in sales. And, you know, they go back down to normal. But at the same time, those people are pretty much cemented on page one because they've sold so many during this type of, uh, during this time period. So the, the research isn't going to be really all that clear right now. I would say you probably want to push starting unless you've already got, you know, products made and everything like that. But what I'm saying, if you have no concept of how to get this business working, you probably don't want to be launching a product in the next 90 days. Uh, you probably want to start doing research after about the, the 60 to 90 day window, see what kind of happens, see where the, the economics go and, and, and see everything and, and just wait for the, the, the entire world to calm down and relax from this the reaction of this panic, obviously. So that's pretty much something that, you know, if you're new, you know, this is tip number time, tip number nine, essentially. And just don't go in there thinking like this is the best time to put $40,000 into an Amazon business without really knowing much about the market based on some highly skewed numbers. And then go to find out, you know, by the time your product gets made, manufactured, obviously shipped and then sent in and stocked to Amazon, that the, the tide's already on the, on the downturn and, and you're sitting there with a bunch of stock that's not, you know, able to really move. So that's pretty much, uh, you know, the, the, the ninth tip that we give you right there. So just to kind of close up and kind of recap what those nine tips again were. So basically, number one, you probably want to find a secondary supplier. If you are selling really well, you want to find, you know, maybe look at the Taiwan, South Korea, or backup factory in China to kind of help you maintain demand. And so that way your, your factory can keep up or your supply chain can keep up. So looking for a secondary uh, manufacturer would be a great one. Tip number two would be manage your stock carefully and think for out of, think of out of, out of the box solutions, you know, maybe raising your price a little bit, FBM or third party warehouses would be a good idea. Tip number three would be manage cash flow right now for existing products. They sell more than obviously launching new products during this time. Um, number four, if your sales are not going up, basically stick to your plan. 
you know, if you're going to launch products, launch products just as you plan. Uh, make sure that your research is, you know, if you're, the rest of your market is not really spiked and the sales aren't skewed, make sure that's the case and just keep the research and, and keep your plan going. Then obviously, number five, work with uh, suppliers and freight forwarders to find the best solution for challenges as they arise. Number six, as Kirsty mentioned, use your time at home productively. If you're lucky enough to be, you know, alone and have the time <laughs> to yourself, really commit to making uh, this the period of for growth in your business. Um, number seven, find out of the box solutions when you can. If you think that you have something that you can Im implement in your business, now would be the time to install it and get going. Number eight, make sure your business is as lean as possible so you can make, uh, you know, obviously the upcoming challenges softer for your business, but also going forward, you'll have a much more efficient business that you can run with more profitability and you'd be able to, you know, pay yourself more, uh, you know, use it to grow the business easier and actually have funds left over for times like this, aka rainy days. And nine, if you're new to getting started on Amazon, uh, basically wait 30 to 30 to 90 days just to see what the markets do to react and calm down before you really use the research that we have available to us to make decisions. So remember guys, now that you're armed with this information, it's your job to go and implement it into your business and grow your business through action. Also to get some absolutely free training on what it takes to have a successful business to fuel your lifestyle, head to www.goteamreal.com to download our free training today. We'll see you guys next week for the next Sprint Profit episode. And as always, we wish you for the best in your business. Stay safe, everybody. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.